0: Hello and welcome to another edition of St. Pete's on Repeat, the online sermon archive of St. Peter Lutheran Church in St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. The sermon was preached on December 11th, 2022, for the third Sunday in the season of Advent, and is based on the first reading for that day from Isaiah chapter 35, where Isaiah says, "'The desert and the parched land will be glad.'" The wilderness will rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Cher, and they will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. And the highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there. But only the redeemed will walk there. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing everlasting. Joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. This is the word of our Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, What if I told you that by drinking a glass of hot water, with a dollop of honey and a lemon wedge 25 minutes before you go to bed. And if you do that every night for a month, you could lose 10 pounds off your midsection, your teeth would be three shades whiter, your hair would be fuller, your skin clearer, your mind sharper, your gut healthier, and your mood improved. Would you believe me? Mm -hmm. Maybe the better question... Even if you didn't believe me, would you still try it? In the hope that some of these claims might be true? You know, we live in a commercial world with all kinds of products that make all kinds of claims. We are accustomed to people making promises they can't possibly keep just to get us to support their campaign or cause. Sometimes our skepticism is on high alert and we don't believe a word of what they say. Other times the situation seems so desperate that we can't help but believe in the hope that some of it might prove to be true. Isaiah made some pretty bold claims in our first reading today. Without rereading the entire chapter, here's a summary The desert will become a paradise, the weak will become strong, the disabled will become able bodied, the needy Will be satisfied, the righteous will be vindicated, the vulnerable will be safe. If Isaiah were hosting a late night infomercial and the toll free number scrolled across the bottom of the screen at the end of this chapter, would you pick up the phone? Are you buying what Isaiah is selling here? Or does this all sound too good to be true? I was told from a young age that if something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And while that may apply for products like the ShamWow and Flex Seal, it is certainly not true of the promises that God makes you. And what Isaiah says here is only the tip of the iceberg. All this leads me to ask a question that I believe is central not only to this chapter of Isaiah's prophecy, but also to the season of Advent and even to the entirety of the Christian faith. What can God do for you? What problems are you hoping that God will solve for you? Are you watching or listening to this sermon from home right now? because you're physically unable to get out of bed or out of the hospital or your long-term care facility? Are you on your second round of treatment, praying that this one is going to do the trick and that you won't ever have to go through anything like this ever again? Are you struggling with depression or anxiety? Are you having a hard time fitting in or finding your place in the world? Are things a little leaner this year than you'd like them to be? Whatever your problem, God promises that he can and will make it all go away. He has one answer for all that ails you, and even our Sunday school students could tell you his name. It's Jesus, the long-promised Savior of the world, our Messiah. Millions of people over the course of many millennia have put their hope in the Messiah. Adam and Eve did when they were kicked out of the garden and faced the prospect of living outside of paradise for the first time in their lives. Noah and his family put their hope in the Messiah when the wickedness of the world around them grew so great that God destroyed all but eight people on the entire planet. Jacob and his family put their hope in the Messiah after they had been enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. Daniel and the three men in the fiery furnace did too when they had been carried off into captivity after watching their home be destroyed. For thousands of years before the first Christmas, people put their hope in promises like this from the prophets like Isaiah. The desert will become a paradise, the weak, strong, the disabled, able-bodied, the needy, satisfied, the righteous, vindicated, the vulnerable, safe. So you can probably understand the excitement when Jesus came on the scene and began ticking off these boxes. We heard it in our gospel today. When John the Baptist's disciples came to Jesus and asked, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Jesus was referring to this promise from Isaiah's prophecy. When Jesus was going around performing miracles, he was fulfilling the promises God had made about the Messiah. He was giving people reason to believe that he was the Savior that they had been waiting for. some people got really excited about this and and started scanning the headlines every day to see when Jesus would finally overthrow the Romans. They organized rallies for him in Galilee, they, they threw a parade for him on Palm Sunday. But their hopes were dashed, when the Romans were the ones who overthrew him, when he stood powerlessly before Pontius Pilate and was sentenced to a cruel and humiliating death on a cross. Some of the people who were so pumped up for him on Palm Sunday went home deflated when they saw him defeated. He can't be the Messiah. There's still danger. There's still fear. These promises from Isaiah have not been fulfilled. Even John the Baptist, unquestionably Jesus' biggest supporter, seemed to have his doubts. He's the one who sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? He remembered Isaiah's promise that the Messiah would proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. But there John was, in prison, and there was no freedom in sight. In fact, I don't know that he knew it yet, but John would never taste freedom again. He was soon to be beheaded by King Herod. Millions of people over the course of many millennia put their hope in Jesus as the Messiah. But when he didn't usher in this paradise, this strength and health and safety, they doubted or grew discouraged. How do you feel? Jesus came 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, he said from the cross, It is finished, referring to the work his father had sent him to do. Does it feel like it? Do you feel safe and strong and healthy, free of fear and danger? Are you wondering when you're going to get to walk on the highway of holiness where there are no wicked or violent, ravenous beasts? I want you to understand this. Jesus is not your made-to-order Messiah. You don't get to decide what God will do for you. Some have tried, but they have all been disappointed and many have given up and walked away. I don't want you to give up. Because even though Jesus is not your made-to-order Messiah, even though you don't get to decide what God will do for you, he is still your Messiah. He is still the answer to all that ails you. What you need to understand is what it is that ails you most. What enables you to be included as a beneficiary of these promises, Isaiah tells us. He says, Only the redeemed will walk there, and those the Lord has rescued will return. Your greatest problem is not poverty, weakness, disability, or danger. Those are just symptoms of a far more fatal condition. Your greatest problem is sin, a heart that fears and doubts, a heart that puts its hope in anything and everything other than the one thing that can actually help. Your greatest problem has nothing to do with your environment, your situation, or the other people in your life. It has everything to do with who and what you are, a sinner whose thoughts, words, and actions threaten to separate you from the one person who can help you forever. Your greatest need, then, is not for health, wealth, status, or safety. It's for redemption and rescue. And that's exactly what Jesus came to give you. Sure, he performed miracles for people while he was here who got to experience some of these promises fully in their lives. He he healed incurable diseases. He fed thousands. He even raised the dead. But his real work, was done on the cross, where he died to give you life, where he sacrificed himself as the payment for your sin, where he satisfied your greatest need and opened the door to a real and lasting paradise. And that puts you in the unique position that some theologians call the already but not yet. We already enjoy some of these promises. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. That's the work that God did in your heart when you first heard his word of life and forgiveness. He breathed new life into you and filled the God-shaped hole in your life. He's given you meaning and purpose, but but more than anything, he's let you know that you're loved. And for those of us who feel, especially at this time of year, like we're running on empty or that our lives are a barren wasteland, the good news of Jesus' love for you is like water that gushes forth in the wilderness. Strengthen the feeble hands, Isaiah says. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. Our God has come. He was born at Christmas. He died on a cross to take away our sin and guilt and shame. He he rose from the grave and took away our need even to fear death. Because by his resurrection, we have the promise that we too will rise from the dead and live eternally with him in heaven. Our God has come and he promises that he will come back to take us out of this world of fear and feebleness and into our forever home with him. A highway will be there, Isaiah says. It'll be called the way of holiness. It'll be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. And we may not be completely free from fools in this world. There are still violent beasts who seek to do us harm. But we have a fellowship here. The family of God. Not all is lost. We have fellow Christians who walk on this way with us, who can support and encourage and understand us when life gets hard, who can defend and uplift us when we feel beaten down. We are a collection of the redeemed, those who've been rescued from our sins, whose Lord will return. Of course we look forward to that day when sorrow and sighing will flee away. We look forward to the perfect paradise of heaven when these promises will be fulfilled in full. But that doesn't stop us from singing today. We live in the already, but not yet. We know these blessings in part right now. We will know them in full when Jesus comes back. He may not be our made-to-order Messiah. We may have to endure trials with patience. Our sickness, sadness, struggles may never go away The side of heaven. But Jesus is still the answer to all that ails us. We have temporary relief and comfort in his promises today. We have the hope of a problem-free future forever with him in heaven. What can God do for you? He gave you Jesus your Savior from sin, your hope for heaven, today, tomorrow, and forever. He is not too good to be true. He is exactly as advertised and so much more. He has already fulfilled some of these prophecies. He will fulfill them all when he comes again in the end. Even when the doubts and fear creep in, God give you a heart that puts its hope in him. Amen.